And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Friday, September 8th, and we are here trying to answer your financial questions. Does my voice sound crisper? The fine folks at CBS Radio sent me a brand new piece of equipment that I hope sounds even better than my previous. Maybe it's imperceptible to the natural ear. Mark, I hope you like it. Um, thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Roger. And thanks, Dustin, for helping me out there. Uh, okay. We are providing some unconventional insights on your money, and hopefully this is a little bit of entertainment as well. And we are here to really help guide you along your financial journey. So if you need a little assistance, you need a little help, you know, we got our arms out, put your arms through our arms and we'll link through and help you get through the next question that's on your mind. Just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. Don't forget to sign up for the free weekly newsletter and to subscribe to the Jill on Money live service. Our subscription service is active, exciting. This is where you have access to quarterly live webinars, more bonus content. Let me just go onto our website right now and see who's up there behind the paywall. Who is there, Mark? Who is there? Oh, look who's there. Uh, we have our friend, Chris Gillibo, New York Times bestselling author of the $100 startup side hustle and his newest book, which is called Gonzo Capitalism. And uh, he's there. And also Adam Levin, who is a cybersecurity expert. By the way, he has that is a badass picture of Adam on, the, on our front door, isn't it? He's a much, it's a little intimidating indeed. So you should check that out. And uh, hopefully everyone cross your fingers. Nate Burleson, co-host of CBS Mornings and the Emmy Award winning studio analyst for the CBS television network's NFL pregame show, the NFL Today. He is due to join us. He was a wide receiver with the Vikings and the Hawks and the Lions. I think the Seahawks is kind of where he thinks of his home. I think, I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, we're here to help you out. Just get in touch with us and subscribe to our new service. Yeah, it's what is the price again? It's it's all of thirty five bucks. Is that what it is, Mark? Still, you didn't change it on me. Thirty five bucks for just a few more months. All right, so do join us. We love it. Thank you so much for those who have joined us. You're probably going to be richly rewarded because the price is going up next year. So anyway, do check that out. 
That is our subscription service called Jill on Money Live. Okay, let's do some, uh, let's do some emails. We have so many that uh, built up. Okay, this is from Lauren. She and her husband are 30 years old and they want to upgrade their home in the next two to five years. She said, we would love your help in determining what is feasible and reasonable for us. Okay, that's good. So she makes $130,000 a year. Her husband makes $100,000. They don't have kids yet. They do own their own home. It's a starter home, and they bought it for $275,000. Oh, boy. Here we go. The mortgage, $200,000 outstanding. The interest rate, 3.625%. The house is valued somewhere around $320,000 right now. Okay. Okay. They are both maxing out their 401ks and Roth IRAs. 401ks currently at $130,000 for her. She gets a company match of 7%. Her husband has $140,000 with a 4% company match. Roths, $88,000 for her, $62,000 for her husband. And they have a brokerage account with $28,000 in uh, some stuff in there. And they put $1,000 a month into the. They're saving a lot of money, $1,000 a month into their brokerage account. Um, purchasing more index funds. Okay. Lastly, we proactively fund a 529 account at about $200 a month since we plan to have children in the next couple of years. Wow. That is a lot of fit thinking about that, huh? They've got an emergency reserve, $35,000. So my question is this, would a five to $600,000 home be outrageous for us in the next few years? We live in a reasonable cost of living city so the that budget would get us our forever home. What is your recommendation for us to prepare for this? Well, it's not this is not a bad story. I mean, you 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 got a house that already has $120,000 of equity, right? Um if it's more like 2 years, I think it's a stretch. I think if we're talking 5 years, there is a better opportunity for you. I think that when you have an idea like this, it's hard to do this in a vacuum. And what I mean by that is like, well, you, you're planning to have kids, but you don't have kids. Well, if you have two kids, it's one thing. If you have four kids, it's another thing. If you have one kid, it's a different thing. I, I think that what you can do to prepare for it is exactly what you are doing, which is building up that brokerage account and making sure that you have, uh, don't make any big mistakes. Like it's not so much like a splurge. It's more like we really want to do a significant upgrade, but I wouldn't do that upgrade if all of a sudden you had to spend uh 6% on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. You know, um, you have good salaries. You're only 30. Do you have a big upside? You know, are you in a situation where you're like, well, we make 230 right now together, but we have a chance to be at 400. Or are you thinking, well, you know, we're not going to go up that much. We're going to stay consistent. One of us would stay home if we had a baby or two. Like all of these things are all the variables. So I can't say, it's not outrageous to think about this. Leave yourself some flexibility, which you're doing by putting money into your brokerage account. And um, I wouldn't, I don't know, I got to be honest with you. I would not be funding a 529 account at all. I, I just wouldn't. I would take any extra money and put in the brokerage fund. If there's a whole bunch of money and you don't, and, and things go really well, all right, so you know what you do? Then you can move, you can make a lump sum into the 529, but I wouldn't put any money in the 529 right now at all. And I think that's it. Okay, uh, next. This is from Anonymous. Um, first name Anonymous, last name Anonymous. I'm not kidding. It says Anon Anon. 
Question, should I do a mega backdoor Roth? I'm single, mid-30s, annual income, $250,000. Mid-30s, the current net worth is $880,000 with about half in taxable and half in uh, retirement accounts and and, uh, stock purchase. No debt, no home ownership, no kids, no partner. Currently max out my 401k and do a backdoor Roth. Not set plan on when I'm aiming to retire. I'm happy with my job, see myself doing it for the foreseeable future. I mean, I would hope not in your mid-30s. Annually and historically, I've purchased $15,000 of discounted employer stock. I have a mega backdoor Roth available to me, but I haven't taken advantage of it due to lack of excess funds. Should I reallocate the money I have that's going towards the discounted stock and take advantage of the mega backdoor Roth instead? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Forget about this stupid discounted stock. Uh, You got plenty of stock. Absolutely, positively do a mega backdoor Roth instead of the stock purchase. Now, if you don't want to do either, then you can just take some extra money and open a brokerage account. Either way, I'm fine with that. And you've got a lot of income. So I think that's very good. Your general asset allocation. Well, I mean, look, you've got $400,000 that's in your taxable index fund, which is great. That's awesome. I like having more in your Roth option. Uh, You make a lot of money. Sounds like you're going to keep making money. You know, as an individual, just to put this in a fine point on this, as an individual, single, when you make $250,000, even though you don't have a house or anything, just with a you know, a standard deduction, et cetera, you're getting taxed mostly at the 32% tax bracket. So, I mean, I think you're in good shape, but I would not buy, be buying, I don't know, I'm not a big fan of just like going ahead and buying this stock. You're, it sounds to me like you're accumulating stock on an ongoing basis. Okay, this is from Joey. Hi, Jill. I currently contribute 10% of my salary to my 401k. My company matches 100% on the first 3% and then 50% on the next 3%. Joey's 44 and has a half a million dollars. All the contributions have been pre-tax up to this point. I just became aware that my company's plan also offers the option to allocate 401k contributions as Roth. It's my understanding that the 401k provider has the ability to track different contribution sources, blah, blah, blah. So I still contribute the same amount of money My asset allocation remains the same, but I would start accumulating a Roth component with a separate basis, tax treatment, et cetera. My question, should I start allocating either 100% or half of my 401k as Roth? I know I'll lose the tax deduction if I do that, but I'm thinking that it would be smart to build up some Roth money. I do have a Roth outside of this with about a hundred, sorry, $15,000 balance. Haven't contributed to that in over a year. I say yes. Um, I don't know how much you earn. But yeah, I mean, I think it's good to have some money that has already been taxed. And I think you're on to the right thought pattern here, Joey, that like, you know, you have a half a million dollars already. Let's go into the, let's go into the Roth environment and let's beef that up. So yes, I would do that. Okay. This is from Victor. Subject. You're going to like this, Mark. Cash poor house. I think he means rich. (laughs) Cash poor house rich. Little typo there. Victor says, I built my dream home and I, oh God, I mean, I just, my heart started beating when I read this sentence. Here it goes. Hello, I built my dream home, but now I owe a million dollars on it. And it's quite stressful to keep up financially. I have multiple loans from different sources, including my dad. 
Should I sell my house and walk away? It was a little bit, it will be a little bit of a profit. I don't know anything about you, Victor, but I don't like stress. And if it's stressful to build your dream home, isn't you, it really wasn't a dream. With no other facts, really, with no other facts, if there's a way to make yourself feel uh, a reduction in stress and strain, or maybe you went too crazy with this, then I think it's at least worth focusing on what would happen if. So if you wouldn't mind, why don't you give us an idea about like what it would be to walk away? Where would you live? And what other assets do you have? I just got a sense that because you have such stress, you probably don't have a ton of other assets. But all that being said, I don't like financial stress and I don't like financial stress that can be resolved with a sale of a property. Okay. So if you don't, if, if it was a dream house and you're like, okay, I kind of went nuts and maybe it doesn't work. Don't worry. You can sell it, walk away with a few bucks. That's good. Okay. Last question. If the United States government defaults on debt and or shuts down, what's the effect on T-bills? Oh, this is a terrible question to actually have to answer because here we go again, right? Well, here's the thing. Chances are, the U.S. government will try to keep paying the interest. So what will likely happen is this. Let's say the worst, like Armageddon comes through and we have nothing and we actually have a technical default, but then like a real default, what will happen is chances are markets go crazy and you don't get paid interest and the interest will accrue and the government has to come up with a deal later and you'll get paid in full. That's kind of what I think would happen. In the short term, what happens is all financial assets will go completely bonkers, which is why in general, what we try to say to people who are legislators, like this is not a fun thing to fight over. This is not like some game. There's the gamesmanship of this is just a terrible thing to put people through. And, you know, it, it has been that they have come to the table at the last second, but if they weren't able to do so, it would just be horrendous. And, you know, everyone from military pay to benefits to veterans and social security, all these things would get delayed. It's a terrible, it's just terrible. So that's just the worst thing I could imagine for Congress to mess around with at this point. But okay, maybe they will. I hope not. Come on, gang. Everybody had a nice vacation. Everyone had a good summer break. Come on back, make a deal. Let's move on. Okay. That's it. That's the program. It's so exciting. Uh, you can tell that I'm in a very good mood because I had a very nice stress-less kind of vacation. It was delightful, truly. And I uh, hope you were able to take some time off this summer. I'm taking even more time off. Mark, I hope you're prepared for the October break because that's when I'm really not checking email at all. Um, that'll be fun. We're going to get some shows in the can for that. Anyway, uh, if you've got a financial question, go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air, sign up for the free weekly newsletter while you're there. And don't forget, you can still buy my book, The Great Money Reset. I got lots of steps to help you turn chaos into opportunity. And you can subscribe to the Jill on Money live service where you have access to quarterly live webinars and lots more cool bonus content. It's Friday, so we're going to do some business. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. 
Mark Talercio is the best executive producer in the world, and he's not a bad web king. I mean, I might call you the web prince, the prince of the web. We are distributed by the fine folks at Cadence 13. Please do leave us a rating and review wherever you listen and do something nice for someone else today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.